Yo, 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 good morning, good evening, good afternoon. <laughs> you know what's up, it's finna go down. <laughs> it's the Bringing the World Podcast, it's another Camper Chronicle production. Thank y'all for tuning in today. It's a beautiful day, I went for a walk this morning, went to the gym this morning, got it in. Feeling good, nose a little stuff, because the allergies is on me, but... <clears throat> I digress. We still in the building. Y'all know what it is, man. It's the Bringing the Wood Podcast, and I'm your boy, D. Wood. We're going to get straight into it. We talking NFL. We will get into the NBA shortly, and the NBA has been... It has been some things happened since the last time we talked last Thursday, last Friday. So we'll get into it. We'll definitely uh, uh, get into the NBA and what we got going uh, in the NBA. But we'll start in the NFL, and we'll start with uh, probably some of the greatest news the commanders are officially sold, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Harris and an ownership group, uh, including the guy, Mr. Magic Johnson himself. Mr. Magic Johnson is just putting his his paws on everything. He got his money invested in everything. And most of the things he touched turns into gold. So, you know, we shall see. But officially sold uh, from the Snyder family for $7 billion. Um, hey, man. $7 billion. Uh, I guess, you know, that that's not a loss to me. I mean, you had to sell your team, but $7 billion, you'll find something to do. <laughs> you'll find something to do. Definitely, you'll find something to do. But, you know, it's time to get Schneider up out of there, get a new regime. You get some diversity. You get somebody from Connect from Canada. You get a black man. So, you know, persons, gentlemen of color, we in the building. We're going to take over and turn that thing around. Shout out to Mr. Harris. And Mr. Irvin Magic Johnson on, on becoming the the majority, not ma- the majority owners of the Washington Commanders. And another news that broke in NFL news: Darius Smith was traded from the Minnesota Vikings to the uh, Cleveland Browns for uh, a 2025 fifth rounder, a 2024 fifth rounder, and uh, the Vikings sent. Uh, Smith and a 2025 sixth rounder and a 2025 seventh rounder. And obviously, picks weren't much, but Zendaria Smith going to the Browns? That's a big, that's big time. Um, obviously, we know Miles Garrett is a monster, but um, here's, a, here's a little fun fact about Zendaria Smith. There have been five, since 2019, uh, there have been five players to have 10 sacks more than three times since 20, 2018. And Zadarius Smith is one of them, and Miles Garrett is one of them. So, basically what I'm saying is Miles Garrett finally got another running mate. And obviously people can say, well, he had Clowney. Clowney, was, Clowney is more of a run stopper and just a disruptor. Zadarius Smith actually gets to the quarterback and gets you down. And um, he's done it on a consistent level, dating back to Baltimore when he, where he first started at. So uh, I think this is going to be uh, very good for him. Uh, obviously, he won it out of Minnesota after signing there, what, a season or two ago. But I think he sees the writing on the wall and they're moving in the other direction. But I do think this is a big pickup for the Browns. I think this helps out the defense tremendously, uh, added to Darius Smith. I think this is a Pro Bowl caliber player. So I think they, they win. Like, you know, this was definitely... Uh, a win and, and nothing less than a win. I got some other funny news I want to talk about as well. Uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, got to talk about some AB. Uh, he making a football comeback, but not in the NFL, not in the USFL or the XFL. He's about to play for the Albany Empire of the Arena Football League. Uh, he just, but only reason why he's playing for him is because he just bought in the ownership group. Or you know him. He's always trying to put his money somewhere and invest. So he's trying to become an owner. I'm not sure if he's actually going to play in any games. The season isn't going. I don't know if the season is going or not. Should I have to do some research on that? I'll find that out probably over the break and I'll give you all that information. But I do know that he's a part owner now. Um, he's a part of the owners group. And um, he, he's he's and he signed with them as a player slash owner. So we could potentially see Antonio Brown playing some arena football this year. Uh, will be fun to watch. Again, he was one of the better receivers in the league before... It all come came crashing down. Obviously, got a Super Bowl at the end of that as well with the Bucks. So, you know, hey, he made some good money. Uh, was definitely one of the best receivers in the league at one point, and got a ring. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. And now he's about to go suit up for arena football potentially, and try to make something happen. Uh, now we're gonna speak on 
some more individual players. Devontae Adams came out the other day and said he's worried about the offense. And not necessarily worried about what it's going to look like, but the fact that what he thought they were going to do and what they want to do is two different things. He basically was just saying they're not seeing eye to eye on what they expected the offense to look like. And obviously, you know, the offense is going to look different when you move from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's no knock on either quarterback, but Derek Carr has the stronger arm, so he'll push the ball deeper down the field and uh, things of that nature. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be uh, quick to catch and release, get the ball out of his hands, quickly get it to the playmakers and let them do their thing. Um, the plus about Devontae Adams is he's a consummate professional, so I believe that, you know, even if they aren't seeing eye-to-eye, aren't on the same page of division, he's still going to show up every day and be one of the best receivers um, on in the NFL and be the best player on his team. You know, he's going to work hard and he's going to keep his head down and grind. And I don't think he's going to fall off. Like, you know, I don't know if he's going to get 1,500 yards, but if he go out and get 1,300, 1,400 yards and 9, 10 touchdowns with 90 to 100 catches, like this is still a, an accomplished season. Um, he won't probably get as many deep balls, but again, Demi does throw, uh, you know, his form of the deep ball, which would be some of them, a lot of fades, and I think he has good ball placement, so I think he'll throw Devontae a catchable ball. So I definitely think, um, you know, it's, it's something to look at. Um, but again, he said he's worried that they're not seeing eye to eye on the vision, but I don't think this will cause a problem just because of the player that Devontae Adams is. Like this guy is literally a stand-up guy um, through and through. Um, all the stories you hear about him. Um, Josh McDaniels came out and said that uh, he tries to he's tried to give De- 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 Devontae Adams veteran days off like other veterans get he doesn't take the days off he comes in and works so when when your best player is your hardest working player i feel like you know you you you, you know it's, it's one of those things you like you, you you obviously even though y'all not seeing eye to eye you definitely going to make sure that you uh appease him and make sure he's straight and comfortable as he can be in this situation going forward but i do think everything will be straight once the ball is out there and if jimmy garoppolo is healthy and playing well I think Tay Adams would be a, a, a great player for them again. Another player uh, dealing with some team issues. This is Quentin Williams, but this is more on a money deal. He's uh, seeking $25 million plus a year in his contract extension, similar to what Dexter Lawrence got. Dexter Lawrence got a four-year, $90 million extension. Uh, I don't see why Quentin Williams don't get that. I thought he had a very, very good year this year. I think he could get somewhere in between what Jeffrey Simmons is getting and Dexter Lawrence is getting which they are the number two and number three paid uh, defense alignment in the league. And then you can even throw Deron Payne in there as well, who's fourth. So I feel like if he's some fall somewhere in there, I think he should be happy with that. I'm not counting pockets, so do what you got to do to get your money. Uh, so, you know, but I definitely think long as they put you somewhere in that top three, top two area, obviously Aaron Donald's the highest paid. Nobody's Aaron Donald, so nobody should even really trip off trying to go up there. But I can see, you know, Jeffrey Simmons being the second high people could feel like they're better than Jeffrey Simmons. So, you know, I, I, I do think this deal gets done. It may take a little time. Um, again, you know, they take a lot of the things that these dudes do on social media serious and, um, you know, deleting all the jets from his account and things like that. Like, you know, like to me, that's, you know, that's it's kind of soft to me personally. Like, you know, but again, I, get your money. But just keep the Jets up there. Like, it's whatever, bro. You still play for them. Like, you're still under contract for them. Scrubbing them clean. Like, come on, bro. Then they're going to pay you the money and you're going to put them right back up there. Like, that shit is boozy, dog. Like, that's my only thing. But, again, that's what people looking into social media hella much. But that's that would be my only knock. Like, scrubbing them off for what? Like, Kyler Murray scrubbed them off and then they gave them the money. They got to put them back up there. Like, all the pictures, all the videos, you put it all back up there. And it's like, for what, bro? Just leave it up there. And if you get traded, you switch it. If you get cut, you switch it. Man, but if you're on the roster still, bro, ride it out. Like, you're going to get paid, dog. You're one of the better young D tackles in the league. Fucking chill, man. Like, that, it, that's irritating, dog. But that's the new age. That's these young players. They, you know, they got a, they attention seekers, man. And that, that played out, dog. That is played out. <laughs> but uh, Quentin definitely uh, looking to get his bread. So um, I do think he well deserving of the money. So you know he, he definitely should get it. Uh, 
What else I got? Oh, Marcus Peters, town business. Uh, visited the Raiders uh, two days ago, I want to say. Like two days ago, he visited the Raiders. Um, no deal was made, but again, you know, town business, man. Uh, Oakland product. Went to McClymouth High School, graduated, went to Washington. So he definitely uh, could fit the scheme. They definitely need corner help. Um, they could definitely use a vet out there. Again, I do think the D-line is going to be much, much better this season. So I think some better, you know, it's going to help out with the secondary. Marcus Peters could definitely help out um, on the back end uh, instant, instantaneously. So I definitely like Marcus Peters um, going to visit the Raiders for sure. And a couple other things before we get out of here. The NFL may change the purchasing rules uh, because of numerous complications they had during the process of selling the commanders. Uh, we'll likely force them to make improvements on how to sell teams in the future. Um, and it was basically a bunch of it was basically a bunch of things Dan Snyder did to just hold off and hold up the process of selling it. So again, they're gonna fix that so that way when one of these other owners who's doing been doing dirt gotta be forced to leave, they can't string it out as long as they did. So uh big shout out to the NFL handling their business and just stepping up in more ways than one. And uh another shout out to the NFL. Um Peacock is set to stream a playoff game. They signed a one-year, $110 million deal to exclusively hold a a wild-card playoff game um, on this platform. So, luckily, I do have Peacock, so I'll be tuned into that playoff game as well. Uh, But, uh, you know, shout-out to them. That's a lot of money for just for a one-year deal to see how it works. And then if it doesn't, hey, whoop, you made some money off of it, um, and they wipe their hands with it, and they don't try it again. But if you do... If it works, you sign a long-term deal and you get people to buy a Peacock because you got to have it to watch a football game. That's all they're doing is trying to get us to buy more things. But uh, it is what it is. They know we is because we love football. Or we're going to find other avenues to watch it. Mm. I'm about to get ready to take a quick intermission break. And we're going to get ready to talk hoop. Uh, the series have already started, but I'm still going to give my predictions anyway on what I think on both series. And we're going to talk uh, uh, Warriors offseason. It's been a little spicy. We'll talk about a, a, a another coach being fired as well. Um, we'll talk about the draft lottery. Victor Wabinyama sweepstakes has officially came to a close, and we have a winner around one pick one. And a few other things we'll talk about in NBA news right after these messages. It's your boy D. Woods to bring the Wood Podcast. We'll be right back after this. Yo, 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 welcome back, everybody. It's the Bringing the Wood Podcast. It's your boy, D-Wood. We back, and y'all already know we are on to the next. On, on to the next. And now we switch it up. We talking hoop. And again, man, I told y'all we got some big news. We got more coaches being fired. Uh, Obviously, the Suns fired Monty Williams after four seasons with the organization, um, getting them to some of their best records ever in their franchise history. Um... Getting them boys out of fifteen win season, <laughs> uh, but again, uh, getting them to a finals, not being able to win it, and then obviously falling short in the second round today, uh, not today, but uh, this year, um, gets you fired. He was fired as well. Doc Rivers was fired after losing Game Seven um, uh, against Boston. Uh, both these coaches are fired. Uh, the Suns are already looking into Mike Budenholz. And they're also looking into Nick Nurse as well as two head coaching candidates who are other two other coaches who were fired earlier this year as well. And uh, they also are exploring the options to trade for Tyron Lue if he becomes feasible. Um, which which would be a good look too. I think Tyron Lue is a really good coach, and I think if he can get some healthy players, he can uh he can do he can show he's a really good coach. And um, I think he showed his skills with uh, the Clippers even in that series. Uh. With with uh, Phoenix earlier, even though they didn't win the series, but he showed, hey, just give me one. If, if he would have been able to keep Kawhi, I think they would have got that series, and I think they would have won. But, you know, injury bug has killed him and continues to kill him, and just just, just sucks for him. Um, the Bucks have interviewed Mark Jackson uh, for their head coaching job. I thought that was well. A lot of people always ask, what's the problem with Mark Jackson? Mark Jackson has a bunch of criteria that come with him being a coach, and um, – Teams don't want him to do that. So that usually be the knock. And a lot of the things is he likes to travel back to L.A. Because he still, you know, he still uh, preaches at his church. He still does a lot of work at home in L.A. So, you know, a lot of teams aren't aren't fine with that. So, you know, those are reasons why he doesn't coach. He's a, a man of God, God-fearing man. And a lot of teams, you know, don't like 
how religious he is, you know, and it's in his forefront. So uh, it's a lot of little things that has nothing to do with the actual ability to coach basketball because we know Mark Jackson can coach basketball. We know he knows X's and knows we hear him talk uh, weekly on the NBA um, as an announcer. So, uh, you know, if he gets a job, it's good for him. If not, we know what it is. Um, but I do want to go. Uh, the Bucks are looking at Monty Williams. It's like all the coaches that just got fired are going to get hired by the teams that just fired coaches. It sounds like I'm repeating the same thing, but if you hear me, then you hear me. And all the coaches that got fired are going to get hired by the teams that just fired all these coaches. And that's what it feels like. And they're just going to shuffle around and try to see if they can win a ring at a new place. So I think that's kind of what's going to happen. But you never know. It's a couple of assistants out there. Um, the Suns assistants, Kevin Young, has an interview with the Suns as well. Um, but the Bucks have also interviewed Monty Williams as well. So it's, it's definitely a lot. Philly has interviewed. First of all, I, I will wait. Let me make sure I'm done with everything else before I get into Philly. Because I'm going to talk Philly, and then I'm going to talk getting to the Warriors, and then I'm going to talk the playoff series that's going on right now. So we're going to do that. So we're going we gonna to go Philly. Yeah, I'm done with all the other interviews. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to save John Morant for tomorrow. John Morant will get his own time tomorrow. Because, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to talk about him today. You know, I got other things I would like to talk about other than John Morant. I ain't going to front. He already deserved my time today. So we're going to start with Philly. So obviously, they lost in game seven. They fired Doc Rivers. Um, it's rumored that James Harden won't uh, pick up his deal and won't uh, come back. Says he's going to uh, test the market, which would which is, is more why I'm saying this. So first, we're going to start with the coach. Uh, Doc Rivers was fired. And even though he got the best out of this team, and I'm not a Doc Rivers fan at all, but I think he's a front-running coach. I think he's only can coach with the lead, which, hey, it's fine. it's fine when you have the lead. So, excuse me, that's that. So I, and I don't really think he's a great coach. Good coach, solid coach. Not a great coach. He says he still wants to coach. I don't know who's going to give him a job, but I can see one of these teams that uh, he doesn't want to coach a young team, so he's not going to go to Detroit or any of those teams like that. So obviously you think Phoenix maybe again, but I just don't think Doc is. I think Doc time has came to an end. I think he's done, bro. I don't, you know, I think he's won enough games. He got him a ring, bounced around and coached some teams and just never really gets over the hump. And then he's going to leave and go somewhere else, and everybody's going to just give the next team this super high expectation because he's the coach. And um, I think it's going to be more the same. I think if he gets another job, somebody will just be in for uh, more of the same. Um, just to let you know, um, this is a, a Doc Rivers stat, and this is what I mean. Uh, worst win losses with the opportunity to clinch a playoff series. So make sure I read that correctly to y'all again. The worst win loss opportunity when 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 i mean the worst win loss record with the opportunity to clinch so when you are up in the series three to one three to two three you feel me three to anything and you're up his record is 17 and 33 and it is the worst percentage in nba history and the other three dudes i don't even know who they is i'm pretty sure they're from the olden times and this is for my older ears who are listening. I will say these guys for you. Lenny Wilkerson, uh, John McLeod, and Red Holzman. These guys all have the worst, but Doc has the worst all-time uh, win-loss with the opportunity to clinch. Because, again, he's a front-running coach. He can only win when he's winning. When teams start to come back, when teams make adjustments, he doesn't know how to adjust to adjustments. It has been like that since Boston. That's why he left Boston and he said, I don't want to coach young guys. Because then you have to really coach. Because you're going to be down a lot of games with young teams. And you got to coach them out and develop them out. And Doc Rivers don't do that. So um, you're going to go somewhere if he does get a job where there's some superstar talent. And he'll be the coach. And for all y'all that think Doc Rivers are a good coach, here's your reason why he's not. And this is why I think he's an okay coach. I think he will get a job. I don't think he should. But, you know. People like names more than actual feasible stats. So that's 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 my take on that. And then another reason why, and again, Doc Rivers still coached well for them. Got the best out of the Sixers. 
And I'm still saying that. But I do believe Doc was fired because James Harden said he didn't want to play with Doc. And again, you got to keep James Harden because you just traded for him. So if you let him walk for nothing because of a coach that he didn't want to be with, now you lose out on a player that you don't have for free. But he could still he can still potentially walk anyway, even with you firing Doc Rivers now. And now here's my other point. Now I go to James Harden. James Harden. You didn't want to be a six-man in OKC, and they picked Serge Ibaka over you. They sent you to Houston. Daryl Morey, who is now the owner of Philly and is potentially thinking about hiring Mike D'Antoni to satisfy James Harden in Philly. And again, this will tie into an even bigger problem. Um, let, let me let me put it all together. So again, he doesn't want to play for Doc. They fired Doc because that's his guy. Daryl Morey is his guy. Daryl Morey was the GM in Houston that traded for James Harden from OKC. Daryl Morey was the guy who had faith in James Harden to be a franchise player, to be a superstar. Daryl Morey did that. He brought him over there, and then he brought in D'Antoni, who would turn him into an MVP. So these are James Harden's guys. Now they're talking about bringing James Harden guys to Philly to appease James Harden. Then Daryl Morey came out and said that he didn't tell Embiid that he was going to fire Doc Rivers until after he fired Doc Rivers. And then he said Joel Embiid was blinded by it. Well, how do you not go talk to your best player about firing the coach that got him an MVP? And again, I'm not a Doc Rivers fan, but at the same time, I'm just speaking, I got to play devil's advocate. I just got this man MVP of the league. We were we, we was doing our thing. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, they fell short of the expectation. But now you fired me because not the best player didn't want me. The best player kind of still liked Doc Rivers. But because of the guy you brought in, because that's your guy, you fire him. And I think this is a bigger problem because I don't think Mike D'Antoni is the the answer. He, he had Harden and all these guys, and he still didn't get it done. What are you going to say? Well, he didn't have him beat. He just had him be with Doc Rivers and them, and they still couldn't get it done. Like I don't think people realize that James Harden isn't as good as he used to be. And now I think he's going to just go somewhere and try to get the biggest bag and go ahead and finish and just play for himself. He wants to still be the best player on the team, and he can't be that on the team where it's somebody better than him. So that like rumored of him going to Houston, I could see that happening. And he don't mind just going to Houston, maybe being a play-in, a playoff, and getting in the play-in maybe. And, you know, playing it out there. You know, he loves Houston. Little baby, his best friend, they always turned up. It's no taxes. But I think Daryl Morey finna blow this whole situation. And I think he can end up losing MB. And that's the bigger problem. And that's a, a, a problem for Daryl Morey that I don't think he wants. And he can end up losing MB and it Harden all because you're trying to appease a guy who's, who I'm a fan of, a guy I'm a James Harden fan. But you're at the, he's, he's more towards the end of the gate than he is uh, in his prime still. And it showed in these playoffs. And we expected James Harden to choke in game seven. And unfortunately, that's what he did. That's what he's been doing. Again, I'm a fan. But he don't show up in these big games. And again, Embiid didn't show up either in this game. So I ain't, I ain't knocking. It take two. But we knew what was going to happen with James Harden. And he keeps, you know, and it's, I feel like he's the reason why Houston's where it's at. He kind of tore up Brooklyn because he wanted to leave first. You know what I'm saying? And now you want to leave Philly. And now it's like everywhere you go, you go because you think it's set up. And then you get there and it's not what you think. And now you pack your bag and you cut. And I hope teams see that. And obviously it's a sucker born every day. So somebody going to want James Harden. So somebody going to pay this man 100 plus million to come be their guard, lead guard. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. Well, wishes. I don't want them back in Brooklyn. I don't want, you know, I, I'm, I'm straight where we at. It sucks how it happened, but we here now. We got picks. Uh, we got players. We got a lot of talent. I think we got some players we need to move, and we're going to see what happens. But I definitely think Daryl Morey and James Harden is mucking up the Sixers, and I think he's been mucking it up since he got there. And that's why James Harden wanted to go to Philly right after he left Houston. He only came to Brooklyn as a as a scapegoat just to get out of Houston to inevitably get to Philly where he wanted to be with his owner. And then you know if they get Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni offense is guard ran. So they're not going to run the game through Embiid. Embiid numbers drop. Harden numbers go up. But I think the outcome is still the same. And they go home in the first or second round. So 
it's a bunch of nothing, and I think this just makes Embiid leave. And I think you can see Embiid leaving at the end of this deal um, and going somewhere else to play. And he trusted the process, but don't think the process ever played out. It got close to it. Uh, I guess kind of you. I guess the process did like happen. Like they are good. He won MVP. They were a successful team. They never won a chip. So if you if that was the if if that was a part of trusting the process was winning the chip, then yeah, um, they definitely fell short of the goal. But other than that, I was I think he had some success in Philly, and um, he definitely rapped hard and he went hard for Philly again. Joel Embiid, to me personally, the best big in the league. So I definitely think um, this is something to keep an eye on in the future. And as the season go forward and as the offseason appears, I definitely think this is uh, an interesting, interesting topic uh, just to see what Philly does. If Harden stays, if he goes, find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that's my take on the Sixers, and I really do think they're in a, in, a, in a world of trouble right now. Now, some uh, another team that's in a world of trouble, and I guess we kind of smelt it coming before the season started, I guess we smelled it coming. But it's here now. And it's one of the main things we talk about on this podcast. And it's the Warriors. Not the Brooklyn Nets. Not the Sacramento Kings. We kind of set where we at. But I think the Warriors are going to have a very, very interesting offseason. I'm really, really interested to see what they do this offseason. Uh, and how they uh, handle this offseason. Um, because... For starters, Kaminga came out after they lost the series and said next season he wants a full-time role or he would prefer to be traded. Obviously, he's like a two-slash, I mean like a three-slash-four, but he can guard one through four um, very good. Obviously, it was a high draft pick, and when you drafted that high, you want the opportunity to be a guy. Um, obviously, he would love to play the four or the three, but again, they have a spot by, service there by Draymond Green who's an all-star caliber player, all-defensive, all-NBA defensive player. And they have Andrew Wiggins there, who they just paid heavily um, to be the starting three. So, uh, you know, obviously they don't have to trade him. But this is what is on his wish list. But again, we, we don't know exactly what's, what it's going to be. But, again, him saying that is, is definitely... Uh, Interesting, to say the least. Then we also got the owner, Bob Myers. He says he's uncertain about his future. Uh, it will take a couple weeks to make a decision. Um, you know, and again, uh, I'm pretty sure he's at the end of his deal. Um, he says nobody's really reached out to have a conversation about an extension. So that's interesting as well to hear, to hear him say that. So, you know, this is... um. You feel me? This is brace yourselves, Warriors. He could walk away. Obviously, you still gonna have the core guys there. My thing is, what do we do next with Jordan Poole? And I say we, because again, obviously, I know I'm Nets, but Sack Warriors, I'm I'm y'all, I'm y'all uh, spokesperson, so I rep for y'all. So, what are we gonna do with Jordan Poole? Obviously, Clay, I don't think is going anywhere. Obviously, he he didn't have the playoffs so he would have wanted, but. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. Draymond Green, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think those three guys are going anywhere. I think as long as Curry still says he wants Dre and Clay, I think they stay there. And that's just how the game go. Like, that's what great players do. They keep their friends. LeBron got fucking, I mean, <laughs> LeBron got Tristan Thompson on his bench right now. He did the same thing with James Jones for three, four seasons. Like, you know, it, you when you got homies, you hook them up. So I'm not hating. And Curry, and he got, and these dudes got him four rings. So I could see him being tied to those dudes until he's done. So I don't really see those guys going anywhere. So my thing would be, who do you move around and, and shake around to bring in more talent to help out Curry? I don't think Wiggins goes anywhere. I think Wiggins is a solid player for them. He's found a perfect role after uh, falling out of, you know, the round one, pick one, being the franchise player uh, thing. After that fell out, He's found a great role here for the Warriors. Um, was an all-star last season. Obviously, had some ups and downs this season. But, again, still a good player. I think he'll still be there. But, yeah, the Jordan Poole thing is interesting. Um, he even came out and even said that him and him and Draymond Green, they don't have a friendship. It's just business, you know? So, obviously, 
that that's that's big. And you know, you go out and say that out loud. I think that's that's definitely big as well. You got that going on. You got Draymond. He came out on this podcast and talked about it, and, and even said that you know that that took a big that that took a big part of of him losing these playoffs. They felt like everybody wasn't together, and everybody as in Jordan Poole and Draymond. And then you even seen they got videos leaked now of in the uh, in the series versus the Kings, uh, where uh, uh, Poole you know uh, doesn't shake Dre hand, kind of shoves him away. And then Curry goes and talks to him. And, you know, it's looking bad, man. I do think it might be time for Jordan Poole to go. But but on the same side of that, I want to say that, Warriors, y'all brought this upon yourselves. Y'all gave him the super dead max deal after last season, the way he performed. Y'all the ones, again, I'm talking fans and everybody. Y'all the ones calling him the third splash brother and, 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 and jump in the pool and make a splash. And y'all was the ones hyping him up and letting him shoot from that far. Don't forget, everybody was rooting for him on the run when he was shooting from that far. He's got them, the same shots he bricked from that distance, he hit from that distance. So, again, I don't understand what the hoopla is, is. And now, again, and that's one thing about fans, one season y'all can fully trade on a dude. Again, I'm not saying he does. I agree that he does need to be traded. But it's not because of his place, because of the situation with him and Draymond. I think that's affecting his play. So, again, that has to happen. But I don't think that he should have been, you know, but I don't think that he was the lone reason why you guys lost to the Lakers in this playoff series. There's a myriad of reasons. And, again, though, this, that was just the eye-opening one was the altercation with him and Draymond Green. And, again, now you got a bunch, you got a bunch of other uh, situations going on now. Um, and, again, you're going to draw a lot of interest uh, for Poole and Kaminga, you know, but uh, – you don't really know exactly who's going to be out there, but everybody's going to be tapping tapping in to see. And um, even Kurt came out at the end of the year and admitted it was chemistry issues. And again, we all seen that. And we kind of seen that as the season played out. And we said they missed Damian Lee. They missed Juan T. They missed GP3. They missed those older guys who kind of knew what to do and could help together. Then you had all these younger guys now who you drafted, who you expected to fill those roles and, and and stepped the game up, the Wisemans as well, and they all kind of fell short. And then you had to rely on these young guys, and they weren't really ready. And um, I do think the chemistry was off for the Warriors, but again, chemistry is something that can be fixed during the offseason, and I do think they will, will work on that uh, um, extremely. I think they will work on that. And uh, I think they'll they'll do a tremendous job with it. It's the Warriors. I think they, they'll they bounce back real, 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 real easy like um, – and that's just my personal take. Um, again, I think they're going to keep Dre. I think they keep everybody. The big three, at least. I think they have to, you know? I just I just kind of think that's how it goes. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I really, I'm really interested to see what the Warriors do, who they move. I truly believe they're going to trade Jordan Poole. I don't think they walk that this same unit out next season. Um, even though they're all young, so another year under the system, another year under their belt, things could change. They could definitely be a better team, but I'm not. I'm not hanging my hat on that. I definitely think something's gonna shake. You gotta move pool for sure, and maybe you move one other player. Uh, you know, but we'll see. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, an interesting thing. But you definitely could tell from from literally game one of the season that. It was just going to be a rough season for the Warriors. And even throughout, we still thought they had a chance because of they're the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? They're the defending champs. And they're that good. And they have that good of a coach, that good of an organization. And they have that good of, of a player, Stephen Curry, who can take over a game. And uh, in which he did and, uh, as much as he could throughout these playoffs until it, it ran short against the Lakers in that game six. But, um, again, Curry still looked good. Again, Clay didn't look as good, but I think another offseason just getting healthy and getting after it, he'll be an effective player. Again, shoot or shoot. Um, Dre is Dre. I think they're not a title contender without Draymond Green. It's just my personal opinion. I don't think they're not I don't think they're a title contender without any of the big three. You trade Clay, you trade Dre, you trade Curry, the Warriors dynasty is done. As long as they have those three dudes, the dynasty is still there until Curry's done. Um, but again, uh I said that earlier. I said that a while ago on the podcast, a while, a while ago. 
And uh, that's still my personal take on it. I still feel that way. So I definitely think you're going to move Jordan Poole. Maybe you move Kaminga as well. Get you Either get you some picks to draft some new youth or go out there and get you a couple of veteran players who can help in key clutch moments, who can play down the stretch. Uh, you, you never really know exactly what's going to happen. But now we get to the playoff games. We're done talking about the teams that ain't in the offs. We're talking about the final four that's left. Uh, before I get into the Bulls-Celtics game, I mean Heat-Celtics game, just because Jimmy Butler, my apologies. But before I get into the Heat-Celtics, we'll talk about the Lakers-Nuggets game. I'll be real brief with the Lakers-Nuggets. Nuggets took game one. Um, even though the Lakers rallied from a 22-point zef- deficit in the second half, Made it interesting as well. Brown was a assist side of a triple dub. AD dropped 40. Joker had a 30-point trip dub with 20-plus with rebounds. It was a great game. Um, the, Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets came out scorching, scorching, scorching hot. Uh, everybody made plays. And uh, obviously, the series has already started. They up 1-0. But I'm still going to give my prediction. Uh, I feel like, again, it's it's a two-way street. Uh, it's either the Lakers have to win in six or the Nuggets will win in seven. Um, I don't really expect it no way different. These teams are really, really good. They're actually well-matched. You've seen the adjustments late the Lakers made. Obviously, the Nuggets going to have an adjustment for the adjustment the Lakers made. That's what just good coaches and great players do and good teams do. When you get here this late, you've seen the adjustment they made late by taking AD off off of, of Joker, putting Ruri on him head on, and letting it work like that. So we'll see how that uh, portrays out if they do start Ruri or if they just bring him off the bench earlier um, and try that same concept with uh, Nikola. But we'll see. But I do think they'll have an adjustment for it as well. So, again, it's a, it's a chess match. I think that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. But in all... Big time win by the Nuggets. I think, and now, and again, I was talking to my homie before the series started. Uh, but again, I had to wait till now. But my X factor for the series was Caldwell Pope and Jamal Murray. Um, really, Caldwell Pope, because I expect Jamal Murray to play well, because he's been playing well all playoffs for real, for real. Um, he's got the highest uh, point jumpage. They used a specific wording for it, but to make a short, long story short. He's jumped the highest points per game from regular season to playoff in NBA history. And he averaged 20 points per game this season. And he's averaging 27 points per game in these playoffs. That's a seven and a half point jump. And it's the most in NBA history from a regular season to a playoff. So I expect him to play well. I expect the Joker to play well. But I believe Caldwell Pope is the X Factor who ended up having 20, what, 23 or 21 uh, the day before yesterday. And I think he's the X Factor for this series. I think he can kill the Warriors. Like, I mean, kill the Lakers. Like, he helped kill the Nuggets last time on the uh, Warriors. I mean, on the Lakers when they were in the bubble. And it's crazy how the four teams that were in the bubble, Western Evers, Keister Conference Finals, that everybody had it on three years later is back here. And not to mention that the, the Heat have been back to the Eastern Conference Finals twice since then, or once. With Miami just, I mean, with Boston just last season, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, you know, so... As much as y'all thought that bubble championship wasn't much, writing on the wall might say a little different because we got those same teams still here battling the lake. Boston, who people thought was done and thought it was just because the bubble would, they've been to a finals last year. You know what I'm saying? So I do think that has something to to do with it. I think these teams are actually good. But I think the X factor for the Lakers, and it was going to be, uh, I definitely think it's Ruri Hachimuri. Um, and I think he's he's shown his he had 17 yes uh, uh day before yesterday, so he's definitely showed his X factor backism. And the other one is going to be uh I'ma say Dennis Shooter off the bench. He has to help out. Um because D'Angelo Russell has been terrible, y'all. I expect Austin Reeves to give his 16 or more every night. Obviously, he had 27 uh uh on Tuesday, so that was big time. So you'll take that. But uh, I think he's going to be solid. But I think D'Angelo Russell has underperformed all playoffs. Um, he's had a few moments. He had the, the, the little moment in the Warriors series. But uh, I'm not going to let one moment cover up what you've looked like through the whole playoffs. And it's definitely been underwhelming. So I definitely think Dennis Schroeder has to pick up some of that scoring slack off the bench. He's going to have to bring a 12-plus points off the bench, especially if they're going to have Bruce Brown coming off the bench getting 16. So I definitely think Schroeder and Hachimura for – uh, the Lakers, and I also think for um, the Nuggets, again, Caldwell Pope 
and and uh Murray, even though Murray is is him, but if if he is off, then it's a lot of pressure on Joker, and that's why they couldn't get over the hump because they didn't have Jamal Murray in these last couple playoff series. Now they have Jamal Murray back, and here they are back in the West and back in the Western Conference Finals, like they were the last time they had Jamal Murray. They were in the Western Conference Finals, even though it was in the bubble. You still think about it like that. So I definitely think this is going to be a hell of a series. I think the Denver Nuggets is a completely different team. And Michael Porter, even though he ain't been playing well, he didn't play uh, last season as well. He only played in eight games last year. Jamal Murray didn't play in any games last year. So uh, it's one of those things that they're still working their way back from. Guys getting healthy. And I think they're going to give the Lakers everything they got, as well as the Lakers are going to give them everything that they have, which is how you have a great series. And that's what I'm expecting. Now for the surpriser. I ain't going to front. I guess it shouldn't be a surprise after they knocked off Milwaukee, knocked off the Knicks. I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that Miami goes out and steals game one in Boston, even though it was a surprise to me. I, I expected them maybe to get one game in Boston, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. And it wasn't game one. Maybe you get a... a, a, a uh, yeah, you know, I expected this to be maybe a five or six game series. But you can't count out Jimmy Butler, bro. He's like a he's really, really that good. And he's letting it be known. And he's showing that you can't guard him one on one, which means you have to help. And once you help, he swings the ball to the right person. And either it's going to be a shot by them or they're going to get the ball to the right person. And they had two players off the bench score 15. Uh, Kyle Lowry had 15 off the bench for him. Um Jimmy Butler had 30. Oh, my goodness. Bam Adebayo had another 20. And I thought he played really, really aggressive. You had another 15 out of uh, uh, Vincent. Another 15 out of Martin. Uh, another 15 out of Duncan Robinson. So he just had everybody helping all hands on deck. They play a lot of tenacious defense. And to be able to have Cal Lowry coming off your bench and helping the second unit, especially against a Celtic team who has guys like Malcolm Brogdon, and Derek White can come off the bench. So it's it's good to, to have a guy like Kyle Larry who can be like, I'm battle-tested just like these dudes. And he played well off the bench and battled well with Malcolm Brogdon and matched him, matched him well. But at the end, it was just, it was Butler and, and Bam who just played big time and um showed up and uh, made some late big game, big shots late and got the matchups he wanted uh with the screens and with the pick and roll with him and Bam. Got matchups they wanted and either led to a Jimmy Butler but a Jimmy Butler bucket or led to a open three by Gabe Vincent. Um or or Struce who brought put in another 15 points. Max Struce, who these guys are just relentless. They're fearless. They're nobodies. And they're fearless, so they're not scared of the moment. And when you got a guy like Jimmy Butler who's literally pushing confidence on you, telling you to shoot. Every time they win, he shouts out the teammates and encourages them more to be great. It's um, it's a fun sight to watch. They're a team that I'm not saying I'm rooting for, obviously, because Jason Tatum's on Boston. Y'all know I'm, I have a Duke affinity for Duke players. So, obviously, I'm rooting for the Duke Blue Devil to go ahead and do what he do and get to the finals again. But I, I, I'm not knocking the heat. I love underdogs. Uh, I always root for the underdogs. I, I'm, I'm a big college football fan, so I tell y'all that all the time. I love a good underdog. So, again, if Jimmy Butler go out here and, and shock the world, then, hey, go for it. Like, you know, I'd be upset. But uh, just being one of those guys who always felt like I was the underdog, you'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm here to see it. But uh, I think I think Boston will re- real bounce back, and I think Saturday will be a, a, a hell of a game. Or is it Friday? Saturday. It's Saturday. It's going to be Saturday. Saturday will be a hell of a game for him. Uh, or Saturday. Saturday will be a hell of a game for him. And I definitely think um it's going to be something uh, interesting to see. I think they come out aggressive, and I think they'll get the job done as well, though. But I definitely think that this will be a hell of a series. Um, They definitely went in and, and shocked at everybody in Boston. And obviously, Jimmy Butler loves to come out and tell y'all, like, man, I, I don't care who y'all pick. I pick these guys, and that's why I'm here. And again, bro, imagine if Jimmy Butler was still in Philly. But they picked Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons over him. Think about if he was still in uh, Minnesota. Obviously, they probably wouldn't have Ant-Man, but they would have Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, who they had. But again, 
I don't know if y'all got a chance to go on Bleach Report, look up the Jeff Teague story. He tells a story about the, when they were all on the Timberwolves together and Jimmy Butler had all of the uh, G League players and backups on his five-on-five squad, and they beat the starting unit of of uh, Jeff Teague, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Andrew Wiggins in a, a five-on-five, and he cussed them fools out. and was like, these are y'all picking over me? But, yeah, Jimmy Butler's a dog, and everywhere he goes, he shows it. And uh, he couldn't have picked a better team than Miami. And Miami-Boston is just always for great series. And I guess I didn't take it into consideration because of the players on here instead of just looking at the uniforms and thinking about all of the good series they had back when Brian and Wade and Bosch was on there with the big three and Paul and Paulie and, and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. These guys got history, man. So uh, I, this, this is going to be a better finals, maybe. I mean, a better Eastern Conference finals than I expected. Um, but I'm still taking Boston in six, man. I do think that, that Jimmy and them stole one. That's a good one to steal. But I think Boston gets it together, and they just show their dominance and that they're just a much better team. They're a deeper team, a better all-around team. Only thing that Boston, I mean, that Miami does have um, on these guys is the coach. Eric Sprostra is the best coach probably left in the playoffs, in all honesty. All four coaches left. Eric Foster's probably the best coach. So um, you can't knock that. And coaching means uh, a lot, especially in the playoffs. In the regular season, hey, not so much. But in the playoffs, you got to be able to make adjustments to put your players in positions to win these games, to win four out of win four out of seven. So uh, I definitely like that. So I'm not going to count out Spost at all. Um, but I definitely am excited to see. Uh, how they respond, bro, because, again, bro, Jimmy Butler went out there and stole one. Truly, truly stole one. So I'm definitely excited to to see what happens. Uh, hey, and uh, to, to oh, wait, don't we got a game today? I mean, yeah, ain't, ain't, ain't don't Lakers today? Yeah, Lakers Nuggets today, 530. What is on Espen? On Espen. 530 today on Espen. Game two in, in Denver. Um. I expect the Lakers to win game two. I do. I expect them to win game two. I felt like game one they were going to lose. I felt like they had to take time to adjust to to Denver, to the altitude. You heard Brian um, talk about it before the series even started. He was like, it's going to take players, including myself, time to adjust to the altitude. It's a real thing. Your legs are tighter. You run out of breath quicker. It's harder to jump. It's harder to shoot. So you know you can't get your legs under you. And as you've seen as the game Wayne and they got more used to the game. The Lakers looked like a different team in the second half. And now being there, being in the elements overnight, staying there a couple days, waking up in the morning, practicing that facility, I think we'll get a much better Laker team early, a much more aggressive Laker team early, and I think this will make for a hell of a series. And we're in for a freaking great Western Eastern Conference Finals, y'all. It may not have been the team y'all expected. I expected. Only teams that expected this are the peop- the fans of these teams. So I think we're in for a hell of a finals. Um, again, I'm going to keep you updated with the coaches. We got about a good five or six coaching vacancies. Uh, man, it's going to be fun. I was going to get into Victor Wabanyama. I ain't going to get too much into it. I'm going to wait a little bit, let a little bit more, let it simmer a little bit, obviously. Because um, I want to go do some research on a few more players in the draft. Obviously, I watch college hoop. Um, I really only watch it, not I only watch it for the tournament. So not just the NCAA tournament, but... Uh, the when they when they go into Pac-12 tournament, uh, SEC tournament, ACC tournament. When those tournaments start and they're playing the interconference tournament to to be the Pac-12 champion to get those automatic bids to the dance. That's when I start watching. I learn players, so I do want to do a little more research. I watched Victor. I've seen him. I know School Henderson. I know Brandon Miller. But there's a couple other guys who I might have seen play once or twice. Um, that I want to go back and do a little bit more research on. So I got some better names. I watched the draft combine yesterday. So I got to watch some guys who, so I got a couple names that I've seen there who played well in the little, uh, in the five on five game, um, pickup game. It was some names that popped out. That I'm going to do my research on that played well in the draft game who definitely probably boosted their stock. Um, so, um, I'll, I'll stay away from Victor Wamanyama just because I want to be able to talk about some of the other draftees as well and not just him and school Henderson. Um, so I definitely want to give y'all some more info. So we want to talk about that. And again, I'm not talking John, not today. Uh, no, nah, I'm gonna wait till tomorrow and I, I, I ain't going to write out what I want to say, but it'll, I'll be, I'll really be, 
I really get to think about what I want to say. Because right now, it's just a bunch of, uh, I'm not going to say negative things, but just not a lot of positive stuff <laughs> that I have to say. So I definitely want to just let it simmer and come back in a better space tomorrow. Smoke me a joint and just come back more cool and just express my um, my disbelief in the situation, my thoughts on the situation, and what I think should happen going forward. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Again, thank y'all for tuning in. You already know, if you got this app on Spotify, please go subscribe to the podcast. It's Bringing the Wood. It's on Spotify. Just type it in there on your search bar. Pop up like albums pop up. You're going to see the picture of me with my bucket hat, my glasses, and my joint. It's going to say bringing the wood on the front. Click it. Go to subscribe. I'm trying to run it up. Um, Spotify took over the Anchor app platform. So now they're trying to um, help monetize people. And these are certain uh, certain hurdles and hoops I got to jump through to get monetized and I can't do that without y'all so to everybody who be listening you already know and like I say all the time even if you got somebody who don't listen to sports podcasts at all but you know they got a Spotify grab their phone type in bringing the wood on your uh search bar on Spotify and just subscribe to it they never have to tune in at all unless they're in the sports like I say then tune in and give us a listen because I believe you will thoroughly enjoy what comes out of your speakers I feel like I I know my I know the game pretty well, um, ins and outs, and I do a lot of research. Um, sometimes I feel like I don't watch enough other things, um, because I'm always watching sports. So I've been trying to get into other stuff because I got other content I want to create because I do know a little bit about other stuff, and there's definitely other things I want to talk about as well. I've been in a relationship with my lady for 12 years. It's amazing. I would love to talk a little bit about that and explain to y'all how that works and how long we how 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 we make that work because it's not just me it's her as well and how she puts up with me and deal with my crap and vice versa um you know i like to talk about some of these crazy things that go on in the world a little bit i'm not super deep in it but i would love to like have a chat on it but it's not gonna be here because this is where i bring the wood and i bring the sports so again stay tuned camper chronicle productions got content coming in the future i'm just trying to get uh, all my 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 things in order to take time. You know, I'm a one man band right now. But hey, if you're willing to help, tap in. Uh, I definitely uh, need help. But uh, all the help is wanted. But again, thank y'all for tuning in. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell an enemy that we bring a good sports podcast. Good sports podcasting over here. Again, thank you to everybody who support me. Everybody who continues to reach out to me and tell me that I'm doing a good job. Uh, and that they want me to continue to do great things. I truly thank y'all. Y'all are blessings in my life. And when I get to the top, I ain't going to ever, 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 ever forget about y'all. Uh, love, peace, and hair grease. Love, live life, and Tupac. And y'all already know what it is. It's your boy D-Wood. It's the bringing the wood. And I just brought the wood. Peace.